You are listening to The Benchcast with your host, the man whose business is benching, Coach Ben. Appreciate everyone taking the opportunity to tune in. Uh, just a little bit delayed today. I uh, had to kind of play technician. We had the power go out last night and out in New York. We had a big old windstorm. A lot of trees kind of knocked around, shit falling everywhere. Um, power went out for a bit last night. So tried to start up the podcast today. Had to restart the router. Had to this shit was downloading for me on my my iPad here. So had a whole host of things run into. Everyone joining in, I salute you. I got my crafty little pre-workout cocktail right here. All right, we have Centurion Labs Rage, and uh, I want to give them a shout out. They have an awesome pre-workout because it still has one three DMAA in it. All right, if you don't know what that is, that's like the original shit that was in Jack 3D, um, dimethyl lamoline, whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, that I only get a pre-workout with that in it. Regular caffeine just don't do it for me anymore. Um, I'll usually get a fat burner called White Magic that still has one three in it, and that is a nice ass kicker. That'll light you up. Um, but just sipping on my Centurion Labs Rage today. How's everyone doing? Santiago, Kevin, stay safe. Appreciate that. You stay safe too, my friend. Yeah, I feel I feel kind of weird because I keep walking out to the front and hauling huge-ass tree branches into my backyard for firewood. I feel like I'm dragging the, the fallen bodies through my backyard here. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I have plenty of firewood, that's for sure. All these trees falling down. Um... But anyways, guys, I got a great show for you today. We're just shooting the shit, talking benching. And if you want to join in with me uh, later on, I'm not sure the time. I'm probably going to go live around 5, 5.30 p.m. Eastern time. I'm going to be benching. This is the final live bench that I'll be doing for just a bit because I'm not sure uh, what's going to happen after this week. I have a deload. No one really wants to care as much to see that. Um, but today is the heavy week of the phase. So we're going to get some good heavy benching in today. I'm really excited about that. We're going to be going live for the training on our Facebook. So uh, please also, if you're watching here, tune in on live on Facebook around 5 o'clock. Got some awesome live training going on. Looking to uh, potentially handle up to 700 pounds of a looser shirt. So that'll be a fun one. Uh, Jared says, getting gym equipment right now is a pain. Finally got a power rack today. I know what you're saying, my friend. You know, my general recommendation for everyone right now is try to hold off on getting equipment. I know we want it. I know we're getting real nervous because we haven't been in the gym for a while, haven't really been doing the training that we're accustomed to doing. But, you know, I think things are going to get back to normal sooner than later. Maybe not fully, but I think people will have gym access sooner than later. Uh, Just my thought. And right now, prices are unreal for gym equipment. Whether someone is selling it themselves, and a lot of people are purposely, like um, if you have a home gym right now, you are selling that equipment way more than you probably purchased it for. You are making money off the, all your gym equipment, 
and you are saving up, hopefully get upgraded gym equipment. I know everyone's kind of flipping gym equipment right now. Um, I've seen some really high price stuff, high ticket things here that probably shouldn't be that high normally. And I know a lot of equipment manufacturers. I'm trying to get stuff myself. I, I can't, I'm not even going to try getting gym equipment right now because uh, everything's on back order. Everything is sold out. So, yeah, really tough time. I'll tell everyone my advice is to hold off on gym equipment as long as you can. Um, you know, I'm hoping we're back in the gym sooner than later for you guys. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really hoping that this doesn't continue on longer than it needs to. But, yeah, Papa Fozzie just need two more 45-pound plates. That's fine. I just wouldn't go trying to break the bank on any gym equipment right now because, you know, you'll be in the gym sooner than later and the prices are freaking sky high right now. Whilst lifts throws, I'm looking to upgrade a flat bench soon with a fat pad. Uh, yeah, I'll just watch out with the fat pad, my experience with the fat pad. Although I love it, great bench pad, Donnie Thompson. Um, you know, obviously accustomed to a wider shoulder girth. That's something you have to watch if you actually need a pad that wide because it can kind of block. It's like a floor press, right? Kind of block your arms from going full range. And that in turn will start to rotate your shoulder and put you in a bad position. So you got to watch that. Uh, but with the fat pad, what I found is depending on what bench you attach it to, I have a Texas Strength Systems bench here. I attached it to that. It put me way up there in terms of height. Uh, way beyond what a competition bench would be, so it really threw me off. And I had to do something because it was just way too high up. And um, I was going to these meets, and it was feeling really awkward being so low when I was accustomed to training all this time with a higher bench pad. So I actually got Tiny Meeker to um, custom craft a, a pad for us, and it is beautiful. Uh, you can just message him on Instagram. He'll do a custom pad, whatever dimensions you want uses a great foam it's not too thick um, you can really sink into that that baby so you know tiny nose benching he's the all-time bench champ in my opinion so uh, he, he got a nice pad that he, he that he'll make for you so I would hit him up if you're looking to get a pad uh, definitely worth it all right and that the foam on that is way different than a fat pad you will sink right into it really nice um, depending on where you are, I'm not sure where you are. I don't know where he'll ship. He ships from Texas, so I don't know where he'll ship it to. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a great pad. All right. Uh, Papa Fozzie, I was using the Dark Side Nemesis. Yeah, I think that's, uh, another one of those slingshot type devices that are out there nowadays. Uh, there's so many. I can't even keep up with them. Bench Daddies, uh, the Bench Freak Band, you know, they're all, they're all great. You know, those, those banded slinging things are, are banded bench shirts are really going to be uh, springing up here now in the future wall slipped really in ohio in ohio shout out to ohio that's a place to be for lifting you know i there's not too much in ohio that that i really care to do there but i'll tell you for for lifting purposes it's great to be in ohio a lot of good stuff going on there uh, I did check out the Football Hall of Fame. It was right before this whole thing started going on, so I was really happy to uh, finally check out the Football Hall of Fame there out in Canton. And I actually had Bob Evans for the first time this last Arnold trip. Bob Evans is, is really nice. Uh, I'm I'm a big Denny's guy, you know, good old American Denny's, but uh, I like that Bob Evans too. That was some good stuff. I got a big lumberjack breakfast there. Had him add in all this extra stuff. 
Um, I, let me finish off my, my toast to everyone, my pre-workout cocktail. All right, let's let's do a little toast here. All right, let's let's hope. You know, hopefully everyone's rather unaffected uh, from this whole virus thing. You know, hope you're all staying safe, healthy, and cheers to let's get back in the gym soon. All right, cheers everyone. Pont wants to know if that's Terramana in my glass. No, no, I still don't have that, my friend. Uh, this is pre-workout. I got to do a little benching later, so it's getting an early start. Um, Centurion Labs Rage. He'll rock you. Papa Fozzi. Sip a pre-workout for the working man. That's right, my friend. Cheers, Vanilla Gorilla. All right, guys, let's get into some questions here. Let me check YouTube, see if we got any questions coming back in. All right, Alan did his first push-pull, did a 350 raw bench at 52 years old. That's impressive. Over 50, big bench in here. I have my own powerlifting gym downstairs. I really enjoy your videos and learned a lot. I appreciate you, Alan. Uh, hopefully, back to normal, uh, says Steven. Hopefully, back to normal will mean normal prices. Someone was selling 30-pound dumbbells for 90 bucks. That's a single dumbbell. Yeah, I tell you, the price gouging right now is unreal. Adam says, with the rogue bench I got, I did have to lower my fat pad bench down to the lowest setting, and it actually helped with footing. Yeah, that's the one thing you have to worry about with the fat pad. The fat pad, um, you know, if there, there was anything I had to really be nitpicky about, I'd say I'm not in love with the grip of it. Um, you have to be careful with the width of it, and I'm not a fan of the height of it. All right, and I think the foam could be a little more cushiony. So compared to like what I'm using now with the tiny Meeker pad, night and day difference. Um, you know, this is by far the, besides RPS, because RPS has a fantastic bench pad. Um, and the material they put on that is, is excellent. You never had a problem with it. I, I dig right into it. But this is like the best training bench I've ever used um, for sure. So see what we got here people saying hi cheers adam are you planning on continuing to share some of your workouts either live or videos yeah so like i mentioned at the beginning of of the live here i am going to be filming the heavy bench this week around 5 5 30 if you want to tune in that's on our facebook live everyone uh, going to the plan uh, if you've been following the last couple weeks we started around 5 50 doing sets of five uh, bench 600 for sets of four last week and this week we're going to uh, 650 and um, I also got the go ahead that if the first two sets go pretty good uh, to go 700 for two all right now I don't know how the handoff's gonna be for that that's like the real deciding factors how's the handoff gonna be and it's just me and the wife so uh, if you're interested in watching some benching you can tune in on our Facebook at around 5 5 30 or so uh, don't hold me to that. Be prepared around 4.30 because I don't know. I might, I'm going to start warming up around 4. So I don't know exactly what time. I wish I could give you that, but I don't know exactly. Keith Rapp just made a do-it-yourself bamboo bar. Going to try it out tonight for an accessory. What do you recommend for sets and reps? Um, especially your first time with it, I would just roll with like 15 reps or so. Keep it high rep. Um, don't load it up too, too much. Probably going to be a pretty new stimulus to you. So that would be the, my suggestion. Um, 
it, for in terms of making your own bamboo bar bench, uh, obviously PVC, most well known thing I'd I'd say to um, you know rival a bamboo bar. For the price of a bamboo bar versus the price of a PVC, PVC is super cheap, but a bamboo bar, two fifty or so, I think. Um, that price increase from the PVC to the bamboo bar, I tell you, I'd say it's well worth it. The bamboo bar, that's one of my all-time favorite bars. I think, um, I know it was the first thing I bought uh, when I wanted to get some more bars for the gym here. First thing I got was a bamboo bar because it's just a, such a versatile tool, great teaching tool. And I was like, if I have people in here and I'm coaching, that I need that bamboo bar because it's, it's something I utilize um, for teaching the bench. So... That's an excellent, excellent bar. I would definitely look to save to get it. Maybe not now. I don't know how much bamboo bar goes for in these times. But um, I would definitely save up to get an actual bamboo bar. But the PVC works awesome too. PVC works awesome. You want a thick enough PVC, you're going to have to want, want like the inch diameter PVC. It needs to be thick enough because otherwise the ends are just going to bend right down with any significant weight. Uh, and then once you can work up heavy enough in the weight, like for example, I can't really do the bamboo bench or the PVC bench just because the amount of weight I'm going to end up putting on that thing because uh, I just learned to stabilize so well with my back there that it's just going to bend and I'm just not going to get the effect that I need. All right, guys, so we're going to shoot the shit, ask some questions. Uh, Nileve Ross. What do you think about decline close grip bench press and how does it tie into bench press numbers? Um, so I, I don't do much decline benching. Um, you know, personally, I couldn't even tell you the last time I ever did a decline bench. And uh, I, it's not something I program in for my athletes. Um, bar some scenarios when I have like a decline dumbbell bench in there, but not something that I, I usually program in for our athletes nor do i do um so i don't have a ton of thoughts on that um i do think it's valuable for people who have some shoulder issues they're trying to work around because of the position you're put in it's very advantageous for staying out of your shoulders uh so if you want to bench in a way that's going to stimulate your lats more and spare your shoulders i'd say the decline is a great variation to go with um I would probably stick with that a little bit higher rep range. I probably wouldn't try to load that up too, too heavy, in my opinion. Um, you know, to, to get the best carryover, I think it would be best doing reps and trying to maintain your tension throughout the reps than trying to make that like a main movement or anything. Um, less than five reps. We've got some questions rolling in. Darius Kajevic. I actually got some questions from you the other day, my friend, I'm going to be answering. Uh, is it worth doing five to six reps with heavy bag on back? And yeah, that was actually one of your questions the other day. Um, I have this right down here. And uh, I definitely think it's worth doing five to six reps with a heavy bag on your back. Uh, I wasn't uh, for push-ups, he's referring to. Uh, I wasn't sure what we were getting at there. If all you can do is five to six reps with the heavy bag on the back, um, because it's definitely worth doing because if you're only getting five or six reps, then that's a pretty significant stimulus for you. So ideally, if you want the best transfer from your push-up to your bench press, you're going to want a variation that you can't do a lot of reps for. Uh, because it's going to be a more significant strength stimulus. You know, if you're pounding out 40 push-ups, I 
that's like doing 40 reps on bench. I mean, how much is that going to translate to our one rep max? You know, we're hitting endurance at that point. So, yeah, absolutely. If you can load up a heavy bag on your back and you're only getting five to six reps and you want to build that up, I think that's an excellent way uh, to build up the push-ups and overload it. All right. Uh, and he also asked to, and I'll get to this question, how to maintain power in your arms during the quarantine. Well, if you're looking to build arm strength, I mean, our team right now, our VIP membership group, our team, we are doing a month-long arms challenge right now where we are training arms every single day. I have a program out that covers all 31 days of the month or 30. I forget which one this month is, 30 or 31 days. But uh, I have a whole arm program. We're training triceps, biceps every day. And... Um, even with the times we're now not having access to gym equipment, just getting significant arm training in with bands, uh, we are going to see some good size put onto our arms. And, and we measured it before and after. And I guarantee you there's going to be some really good results if people are staying diligent about getting that working because it's such a uh, unique stimulus. Like We're going from training arms maybe on some of our workouts to hitting arms every day. You know, having that huge... Uh, increase in frequency like that being such an extreme stimulus i expect to see some really good gains to arm size um, even with just working with bands or anything and a lot of those movements you know i've been doing it all just pvc with a band or doing some kind of band of tape press or whatever the case may be so you could definitely work arms it's isolation movement so you're not going to need much equipment for that the moves that we're missing out most on during this time right now is just our, our regular power lifts, right? If we don't have the ability to back squat, bench press, uh, deadlift heavy, you know, we're kind of missing that stimulus and that technical practice. Arms is no real concern. All right, guys, we got some more questions rolling in. I don't block the screen there. Uh, I'm going to go through some we received the other day on our Instagram story. So... Uh, every Monday, I post up on our IG stories a uh, Q&A post where you can post your questions and I'll answer them today. So I wasn't able to get to them the other day uh, on our IG stories, but I have them all written down here. So that's what I'm going through. So if you want to get your question out on the podcast, on Monday, look for that post on our IG stories and uh, comment there. All right, at jsanders1231, best back exercises for bench carryover? That's a great question, my friend. Let's go sip a pre-workout for the working man. <clears throat> and I put a little Gatorade in this too, so we're getting our electrolytes in. All right, best back exercises for the bench. So... Anything that's going to mimic the bench press as much as possible. So I'm a huge fan of the seal row. And the seal row is literally taking you lying down on the bench, flipping it so that you're on your belly and you're rowing up to the bottom of the bench. Um, it's very specific to the same like grip, touch point. You know, everything mimics the bench press very well. It's a movement that we can really load up. And because you can't use momentum, like in a barbell row, you know, you see a lot of people jerk their back into it. That's not the case with a seal row. Seal row, we can't use momentum. So it's very strict right on the, uh, the back in a very bench-specific way. So I love the seal row. I'd say that's my number one. 
Uh, and then any type of static hold. So I'm huge on programming in a lying lat pullover hold. If you want to know what that is, check it out uh, on our YouTube channel, lying lat pullover hold. I have a video on that. And we have a new one coming out rather soon. Uh, but that movement there is excellent. And so is any type of row hold, like a seated banded row that you're just holding. You're trying to flex a PVC or something. You're holding all that band tension to your chest. Same bench grip, same touch point. Um, that's going to be very, very specific. Okay. And why bench holds are so great versus doing like a heavy reps or something. Heavy reps and everything, great for building muscle. But in terms of technique for the bench press, what's happening during the bench? Right, our back is working statically to hold the position, and that's how we want to train it as well. So the, the bench holds or the back row holds, um, those are going to be really big for carryover. So uh, that would be my answer to you, Jay Sanders. One, two, three, one. All right, guys, we got a few more here. We want anyone asking questions? We're on YouTube Live. We're on IG Live right now. Uh, Jacks go, Jacqueline. Um, I apologize for saying your last name wrong. I'm just going to say it's Go, G-O-U-G-H. Uh, wanted to thank you for the chest fly video you did the other day. My pecs, thank you for bandit flies. Love that variation now. Yeah, um, well, I appreciate you watching, Jacqueline. And I, I, it's not something that people think of quite often. Um, they, we can do like the same thing we do with cable crossover flies, which is my favorite fly variation. Listen, when I was more into like the bodybuilding side of things, the bodybuilding scene back in the day, um, going over to Gold's Gym in West Springfield, um, uh, back when I lived in Massachusetts, um, man, that was one of my favorite things to do is get on that cable crossover flies there. And, um, you just get a huge chest pump and I just love that movement, but that's a way we can set it up. Uh, we don't need much equipment. We just hit bands. Um, like I had the low pull. I had the high pull. So we, I can vary the heights there too. Um, and yeah, it's a great finisher for a chest workout. You know, get that uh, fresh blood pump. We're going to those working muscles, right? That that pump effect. It's great for recovery. All right. So yeah, you can set that up. All you need is a power rack. But I mean, you don't even need a power rack. You just need two anchor points. You know, so very easy to set that up. All right, uh, let's go to at Nehedu Johat Jehudu. That's a really awesome name, Nehedu Jehudu. I feel like I should change mine to match the, the coolness factor of that name right there. <laughs> Nehedu Jehudu says, which world-class bencher, apart from Kirill, has the best technique? Uh, so this one is a really hard one for me because... Um, I'm not the biggest, I wouldn't say the, I'm not the biggest fan. I, I love powerlifting, you know, and what it's done for me personally. Um, and I love being involved in this sport. Uh, I'm not the greatest, uh, fan though of powerlifting. I'm not good at following it. So, uh, you know, a lot of those big meets you might watch live, you know, I'm not usually watching them with the exception of WPO. Um, you know, so I'm really, I'm not the, I'm not the best fan of the actual sport. Uh, I love being involved in it and stuff like that. But, you know, in terms of the, the big raw benches out there today, you know, I know that the common ones that would jump to mind, but, 
you know, obviously Spoto and, and all them too, but I'm not like the biggest fan of the sport. So other than that, you know, I can tell you the equip lifters that I follow. Uh, I'm a much bigger fan of equip lifting. So raw isn't very interesting to me. Um, you know, not to say that raw isn't, um, I want to say the right words. Uh, raw is, is cool. You know, it's it's different, but I'm more interested in the equip side of things, and I, I see them as two separate sports, per se, all under the lifting umbrella, but there's so many differences with equip lifting that raw really doesn't interest me much, um, so I'm always going to watch like WPO and things like that, but other than the curl, to get to your answer here, uh, curl I thought had a really spot on technique, and for people who don't know him, uh, he had the bench record before Julius Maddox just went and shattered that. Um, and Julius Maddox, I, I think most people who follow me uh, can look at that guy and be like, that's ah, not really what Coach Ben says. Um, hey, but it works for him. He, he's 7 7 bench. You know, sometimes people like that spring up where they, they kind of go by a different. Um, set of technical rules there and they, they make it work dudes like 450 pounds launching weight um impressive very impressive um and you know not much i can say about that because you got a 770 raw bench but um in terms of technical precision being a master of that you know i think he lies more on just that overpowering strength um versus being a real technical assassin um so I'd have to say Spoto. He was a really great bencher um, in terms of technique. You watch some of his stuff. When he set the world record, I thought that was really clean. Um, so, yeah, I would answer that. Uh, Nahedu Jahudu also asks, what is the ultimate grip to use both triceps and shoulders? Uh, well, the thing is, if you go a little wider, you're going to be more biased to shoulders and chest. If you go closer, you're going to be more biased to your triceps. So... If you want the best of both worlds, you're going to have to find a grip that's somewhere kind of met in the middle there. Um, so I'd say finding something in the middle grounds there for you would give you the best of both worlds. Uh, but you don't necessarily have to go by that grip. You know, I usually teach a nice stacked position type of grip. Um, but you, you certainly see lifters who go really wide, who go really close. Um, and they take advantage of their, their strengths. So... Uh, if you're looking for balance, though, I would definitely go with a grip uh, that's going to be stacked in the bottom, touching low sternum. Wrist is going to be over your elbow, elbow 45 out from the body. All right. We got Daris Kavik. Uh, Why do you think decline push-ups are better for increase, increasing bench press than regular push-ups? Uh, can we get overtrained doing four times max decline push-ups every day? Uh, I if it depends on how big of a stimulus that is for you. I put in decline push-ups because I imagine the majority uh, are going to have uh, easy time with push-ups. If you know the people that watch my content and everything, we're pushing some bigger weights on the bench press. Um, in terms of push-ups, usually we're going to be able to bang out like 40 at a clip. So a decline is going to take us into a disadvantaged position where a little more shoulder heavy. Uh, we're not going to be able to do as many typically. So it's it's a little bit better of a strength stimulus. So do I think you can get overtrained doing it every day? Definitely not. I think push-ups are something that you could do every day on a, on a very regular basis. Um, 
but it depends on how big of a strength stimulus it is for you. If you're only getting four to five decline push-ups, um, you know, then that's going to be a nice significant strength stimulus for you. So do you need to do a ton more than that? I don't think so, but it really depends on where you're at. And for our at-home programs that I put out there that people can get, um, and again, guys, you want our at-home powerlifting workouts, just shoot me an email, coachben at bigbenches.com. I will send that right over to you. Um, but you kind of have to modify some of those movements based on what level you're at. Okay, and that's not something I have in there. I don't have the progressions and regressions for every lift there. So if decline push-ups are too challenging for you, you might even want to scale all the way back to doing something like a reverse banded push-up or using a slingshot to assist your push-ups. All right, those are ways to do push-ups if you have a hard time just doing a regular push-up. That was a great question, my friend. Let's see, we got, I don't want to miss the YouTubes here. OB Matt, any mid-thoracic exercises you would suggest? Uh, so how I, I pretty standard with me uh, in terms of getting ready to bench press. I'm big on just doing a simple external rotation uh, stretch there. Um, doing an extension rotation of the T-spine from a, a kneeling position. I'm also huge on, and I'm going to film these guys. I got these this great prop coming out where I'm going to film five ways to warm up on the bench, depending on what your issue is. So if you're looking for, um, you know, more lat activation, you're looking to open up your hips, or you have cranky elbows or a bad shoulder, you know, I'm going to be coming up with workouts for all those uh, little warm-ups that are going to help you with those issues. But in terms of T-spine, for me, it's getting on like the peanut ball for soft tissue, working down the sides of the spine. I love doing that because it allows me to kind of focus on arching over that um, with just using my, my T-spine. Um, and then also doing just the standard um, extension rotation and uh, this other drill that you'll see in these, these warm-ups where I'm holding a PVC pipe and I'm just doing a T-spine extension. My elbow's on the pad and I'm just sitting back towards my heels um it's getting me a nice lat stretch that's probably the biggest thing it does for me is the lat stretch but i'm focused on extending from the t-spine um and i'm also getting a great external rotation stretch because it's pulling my shoulders in that external rotation so those are some of my favorites pretty basic nothing crazy uh Nileve ross how do i find my one rep max to put into a program and how do i retest it when I finish a program. Uh, so if you don't know your one rep max currently, then that's something that you'll have to find out. Uh, so that's how you would go about finding it out. You just have to do it. Um, if you have any previous numbers to work off of, I would probably take that number and subtract a good 10, 15 pounds at least. You know, Go off a percentage of that number because uh, that's going to keep you more consistent throughout a training cycle. Then going off that like once in a blue moon peaked number that you hit, you're you're going off a, a modest number. So all those percentages and, and working weights are going to be a little bit easier and more technically proficient. And then how do you retest it? Well, know the timeline of how long you want to uh, make your program. So typically, you know, our athletes will test one rep every 12 to 20 weeks. It really depends on when their meets are and 
you know, just, just what we're doing. I mean, it's all different scenarios, but 12 to 20 weeks is usually our span there, depending on the person. Uh, but there are other indicator lifts throughout. So we're talking rep maxes. We're talking working up to top sets, um, whether it's partial range or with a slingshot. And, you know, so there's definitely those indicator lifts that tell us, hey, we're on this type of progression curve. Um, but in terms of just one rep max strictly, it's going to be about that long of a period. We kind of know where they were beforehand. You have an idea and then where they're ending up. Alrighty. We got Karam Ahmed. Heavy holds with straight weight or bands. Which would be a better option? I use both at the moment. Uh, heavy holds with bands. I'm not sure what you mean by that. Uh, if that's just band tension on the bar. So maybe if you want to clarify that. You could do it that way too. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, it's all, all weight at the bar. You're not moving it. So even if you have bands, it's... it's pretty much the same weight it's just that the bands are going to anchor you down to a certain point i would like to see holds be done just straight weight because you'll have to stabilize that bar whereas if the band is pulling it down it's kind of anchoring it to a certain spot so it's a little bit easier um, in that sense tom or perkin tom or perkin have you ever squatted or deadlift in a competition if so what are your maxes on the two uh, well, my last full power meet, um, it was my first one back in like three years. It was last December. Uh, I ended up squatting 800, and deadlift was shit poor. Just got my opener at 545. Um, my all-time best deadlift was 580 still in competition, um, and that squat was my best to date there too. Um, in terms of the future, I might do another full power at the end of the year. You know, I think I can up those numbers significantly. Uh, the total's at 2120 right now. Um, but right now, I'm just focused right now on just some bench stuff and trying to break into top 10 all time at 242 weight class. So that's kind of right on the forefront of my mind. So, in terms of full power, um, don't really have anything on the horizon. Bavaldi Benetom. I'm sorry I'm saying he's all wrong. Hey, Coach, what do you think of protracting and then retracting the shoulders in seal rows? Or is it better to just have them the same ways as bench during the entire rep? So he's talking about should I go into a full lengthening and, and let my shoulder blades protract out and then rowing it all the way in um, and going into that retraction. Or just holding that retraction like you would on a bench and just rowing from there. Uh, for seal rows, I typically just hold the retraction for more isolative movements, I guess I'd say, like a single arm dumbbell row, uh, or if I do a banded row, I'm going to focus more on going through that full protraction, uh, just so I can actually strengthen that movement pattern too, and work through a full range. But if I'm doing a seal row and I'm doing it heavy, I'm probably going to hold the, re the retraction. That's how I like to approach that. That's a great question. Harlan Porter. What's up, my friend? Best shirt for a straight arm bencher? Maybe a Titan straight sleeve. Um, for a straight arm bencher, I imagine you mean a little bit of a closer grip. Um, yeah, I mean, the Titan's the only shirt I really know, unless you had something like modified, done, that actually has a straight sleeve um, variation. I have never really used a straight sleeve variation. Um, what I'm imagining is that it just ultimately 
um, I guess it allows you to get a little bit more out of the, the arms than an angled sleeve if you're a little bit of a closer grip bencher. Uh, but I have not really ever used one, so I don't have a ton of feedback for you there. But I know that I don't, that's the only one that has a straight sleeve, is Titan, so um, as far as I know. OB Matt, how often are you eating when training for a heavy period? Uh, I mean, depends. Depends. Going into a meet, I'm, I'm trying to eat as much as I can regularly. So typically if I'm going into a big meet, uh, there's a real big emphasis since training so heavy and strenuous. Uh, that's when I'll eat out a lot more than trying to prepare meat, uh, meals at home just to make sure I'm getting the calories in. Um, so I'll splurge a little bit to make sure I'm getting as much food as I can. And obviously it's nice when it tastes good, right? <laughs> Very easy to eat Chipotle. Um, but uh, I wouldn't say it's it's too, too different. I mean, I guess if I, I tracked calories, I could tell you better. I don't really do that well. Um, but I can tell you like right now, because I'm focused on a weight class event, I'm trying to get down to 242 for this bench. So I am weighing myself on a more frequent basis and um, making note of that every morning. And I'm just kind of adjusting my food intake based on that, um, you know, without tracking calories. I'm just kind of eating more or less um, and, and just kind of having a, a mental awareness of that. All right. So hopefully that answered your question. Definitely more when training heavy, though, and frequently. He says that's when Bob Evans helps out. Hey, absolutely. Um, Bob Evans was pretty good. That was a good one. All right, we got it's Keith. Uh, it's Keith uh, C. What's up, Keith C? Been doing the home workouts for third week. Any suggestion on how to make progress? So I don't know if he's doing just regular home workouts he got from somewhere, or is actually our home workouts. I'm assuming it's our home workouts. Uh, if you want to progress on those, there's a few ways to do it. You could either add a heavier implement. So if you're putting something on your back for push-ups, for example, or band tension, use a heavier band or put more weight on your back. Um, you know, A lot of people have been sending in uh, videos of them doing push-ups with their kids. Put more kids on your back if you don't have kids. Um, and I don't know, Put start putting the pets on your back too. Uh, so those are ways to weight those movements, heavier bands. Uh, and then also you can do more reps. So those are two ways to make progress there. All right. Daryl's War Against Donuts. That's one of our full coaching lifters. Daryl, what's up, my friend? Down in Florida. Uh, how tight do you rock your wrist wraps? Uh, I rock them as tight as I can get them, to be honest with you. So... Um, you know, when I'm wrapping my wrist wraps, I'm just trying to take all the elasticity out just like I would with knee wraps. Um, just make sure they're as tight as possible. Uh, I'll tell you, my, my hands definitely turn white. And they, they, the feeling, I guess the feeling stays in my hands a lot better than you would keep feeling in your, your feet. Um, but my hands definitely go cold dead fish on me. But, uh, you know, you can train yourself to tolerate that, I think, in, in most aspects. I remember the first time wearing my wrist wraps tight or wearing knee wraps tight. It, it hurt. It was uncomfortable. Couldn't feel my feet or hands. But then, you know, now looking back, doing that for so long and get, building up such a tolerance to it, 
you know, I'll, I'll literally, I'll wrist strap myself. I got a cold dead fish hand. You know, I can let that thing hang out and not have any feeling to it. Um, you know, and still bench effectively. So it's just something you build up the tolerance to, I'd say, uh, if you're having a hard time wearing anything super tight. I remember for knee wraps, I would wrap that knee wrap around me. I'd be in the bedroom. I'd wrap that knee wrap. And I'd just kind of hang out in it or, like, walk around the house. And, uh, man, does that pay off nowadays. I paid off, for example, last meet. I was going for that 800 squat. And uh, I had the knee wraps on. And there was arguing a call uh, while I'm waiting to go up to the platform. And it must have been, like, three, five minutes Still standing in those wrap, like people were saying, "Hey, take them off." And I was, "Nah, nah, we don't worry about it." And then, you know, because I was just hanging out in them, I walked right up to the platform. You know, that's pretty much what got everyone to to come back to the platform. I just started walking up to it. I was like, "I'm freaking no head judge there. I'm just I'm just gonna take my weight." And uh, <laughs> then the head judge runs around, and um, you know, I was able to hit it. it. Was a real shitty squat. I mean, the whole day was shitty squats, but. You know, luckily, good morning's back strength was up enough. I could kind of grind through it and catch myself coming down into the right groove. Um, but, yeah, that, that was an instance that paid off to just wrap yourself tight and hang out in them. Build a tolerance up. You know, it didn't bother me that I was in the wraps for a good three, five minutes. The Hybrid Hillbilly. This is Matt on Instagram. What's a good overload exercise for the triceps? All right, a good overload exercise for the triceps. So if we're looking to get the biggest stimulus on the triceps, I'd say that would be via uh, any type of barbell work. So that would be a bench variation that's going to be more heavily tricep emphasized, like a close grip or a partial range movement, um, something like that. That's going to give us our biggest overload in the triceps. Uh, isolation movements, I wouldn't really think is an overload movement. Um, there's ways we can load up a little bit heavier normally like a skull crusher we're probably going to be able to do a little bit heavier uh, than like a banded push down but um, yeah it would, it would be some kind of like bench bench focused uh, exercise there alright we have any more questions I'm out of questions from our stories the other day I'll take some questions if anyone has them, or if you guys just want to shoot the shit or whatever. If you got some comments, you want to share an experience or story, I'm here. Alright, sip a pre-workout for the working man. Again, this is Centurion Labs Rage. I put a little Gatorade in here. <clears throat> Swirl that around once it build up on the bottom for me here. Swirl that around, make sure I get all of it. Uh, Matt got a good one here. Brady and the Bucks make the playoffs. I got a football question. Let's shoot the shit. Um, well, first off, I don't even know how to react to Brady going to the Bucks. Um, it's been a good run. It's been a good run, but I am. I'm kind of. I'm sad to see him go. I'm excited though to see what the team can do without him. Because living in New York, especially with a lot of a lot of haters that like the Jets, they've given me some shit for this. And, um, you know, they're, they're always like, hey, when Brady leaves, when Brady leaves. Um, I am excited to see the Patriots do well this year 
in Brady's absence so that we can kind of be like, we don't need Brady per se. You know, Belichick helps, but it's more how the organizations run, the schemes that are in place, the coaches, um, and that we could be successful with or without Brady. So I'm, I'm really excited there to, um, to, to see how the season unrolls uh, in Brady's absence just to see if they do good or not. You know, it's going to be tough. It's going to be weird not watching them out there. But, hey, we got a good dose of that in 2008. Brady was out a whole year with ACL injury. So, you know, we had Matt Kemp. We had Randy Moss back then, too, so that helps a lot. Um, but, yeah, in terms of the Bucks making the playoffs, oh, that's a tough one because that division. You got the Saints, the Falcons, the Panthers. That's a tough one, my friend. Um, you know, I'm kind of hoping he doesn't make the playoffs. <laughs> um just because I, I don't really want to see him find success somewhere else. Um, you know, although I, I, I want to see good for him. But it's also like, you know, now that he's gone, I, I don't want, you know, someone else to do good. Um, I just want the Patriots to kick ass. So uh, I'd say, though, if I was a bet man there, I, I would say uh, Bucks make playoffs. I think they're going to. I think they're going to squeak in, if anything. I don't think they're going to be dominant, but I guess we'll see. We'll have to see how the season unfolds. XFL already folded, and uh, good thing I didn't buy that jersey I was going to buy. <laughs> Pat's tank for Trevor. You know, honestly, I don't even know who the hell this Trevor guy is. I don't watch college football. Um, I don't see the Pats ever tanking at anything, so I highly doubt that. Um... Darius Kovic, I am going to have push training at home. Any recommendations which exercise? Um, push training, I'd say anything is going to make the bench. Um, you get some banded push-ups in, something like that, decline push-ups. Um, you know, any anything that you can relate to working the bench musculature, you know, shoulder stability, working those types of things. That's going to be your best bet. And our at-home program is all built around those types of things. You know, things that are going to affect our bench in a positive way without uh, necessarily having to load up for the bench. Uh, Matt says, Clemson's QB is like Brady. Um, I, mean, I can't really compare them, though. Um, you know, every, everyone's going to say, oh, this guy's like this and this guy's like this. But, I mean, how do you really make that comparison, you know? Um but it's going to be interesting. I don't ever see him tanking. But uh, I'm 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 really excited about Jarrett Stidham. I hope he gets a chance to start. I think it would be the best interest to draft someone um, and to have that competition. But ultimately, I think Jarrett Stidham's going to get the team this year. And, um, you know, I've been watching a lot of stuff on him on YouTube and whatnot since that's all we got to watch nowadays. And uh, I'm really, really excited for... Uh, for Stidham to come out there and take over the team and, and uh, see what happens. I'm um, not showing. I'm going to get on your board over there. Yeah, so guys, if you're watching, you can see I got a bench board over here. Top five. Over 220, under 220, both equipped and raw. Now, you can't really read what those numbers are, but if you ever make a trip out to the HQ... And you're benching in here, then let's get you on the board. You get an opportunity to get on the big benches HQ board. That's a big thing. So, uh, yeah, we got a lot of people on there now. Uh, you'd have to hit over 375, 
if you're over 220 raw, you'd have to hit over 310 if you're lightweight under 220. Equipped, you'd have to do 430 plus over 220. Under 220, it's got to do 310. So, Dara says I benched 135 kilograms before quarantine at 93 kilograms. I stopped benching two weeks ago. What do you think? How much can I bench now? Uh, that's really tough to say, my friend. It's going to be very different for everyone. Um, so I'll give you an example. One of our lifters, Allie, she uh, had about two weeks hiatus. I don't know if it was actually that long where she wasn't benching frequently. Um, it wasn't really going through that movement. And she was actually able to get on a bench this past weekend. And she felt significantly stronger on the bench, was tossing weight around because she was, uh, you know, she already benched like 155 um, or I think 150 with a pause um, before she joined the team. And last meet, she crushed 160. And um, she, was, she was just strong. She was just a strong athlete before on the bench. And now because we're introducing all these technical things and we're working on shoulder stability and, you know, the at-home program is really geared to, to doing that for someone. You know, she got back in the gym and she felt real strong right away. Like she actually gained. Um, probably could have done over 160. So someone in her instance, right, much more strength-based, not as much technique, not as much of, of those fine-tuned details that we need to be good in the bench in terms of creating stability and things. Um, you know, since we developed that in this period, She's better off. Whereas someone who's very, very technical. So I don't know if Adam's still watching now. So say someone like Adam on our team. He's a very, very technical lifter. Um, I'd say he gets a lot out of his lifts. Uh, technically, he's just good positions. Knows what's going on. Knows how to create tightness. Um, take someone like that and tell them they can't bench for two, three weeks. You know, we can do all this stuff that we're doing. But ultimately... He needs that stimulus on the bench. You know, sure, we can, you can work the shoulder stability, all those things, those weak points he has and stuff. We can work on all that, but it would be tough to be where we need to be without having that significant stimulus as well. So um, it depends on where you're at. You know, it really depends on, uh, on where you're at. So I don't know if you're just kind of a brute strength guy. Um, I don't know if you're more of a technically guy. So... Um, it's it's tough to say if you're going to lose or gain, but I will tell you, my friend, that uh, you are probably in a two week span of time, you're probably not going to lose much. Yeah, you, you, I've, think about how long people actually deload for meets. I mean, that's a two three week period. I have to give myself about three weeks where I'm not doing any significant weight before a meet, and I'll come out and I'll hit the best bench yet. So I just think of it that way. Uh, you'd have to go a pretty significant amount of time to actually uh, lose strength on the bench press. You know what I'm saying? So I wouldn't be too worried about two, three weeks. Um, two, three months, it's going to be different. Harlan says, where is the HQ? That would be Melville, New York, on Long Island, New York, my friend. Uh, I'm really excited for after this thing is over. I got plans. I want to I want to go out to Georgia and bench with Tony Carlino. I still want to get out to Virginia and, and bench with Jimmy Cobb. Um, you know, I really want to uh, get out there, travel, and uh, you know, get some good bench workouts with all these guys, and hopefully film some sessions. 
Uh, Adam also says, but I'm old and sore, so I may actually recover in a couple weeks. Yeah, so he, he'd be like uh, that two, three-week deload going into a meet. Uh, can't push it too much. Uh, we don't want the wheels fall off. But, um, yeah, everyone's kind of in a different scenario there. But, um, you know, I think those two examples are the two different extremes there. Uh, so it just goes to show you uh, some people could actually benefit and, you know, Especially in, in a female division, 160 plus bench is nothing to sneeze at. So, um, you know, already being at that kind of a level and then not being on the bench for two, three weeks and coming back feeling just stronger, um, you know, that's, that's pretty impressive too. But just shows you what side of the spectrum you're on. Um, yeah, we've got any more questions? Any more questions? We're going to shut it down. I still uh, got to get a few things done. Got to get myself ready to bench later. I think I'm going to do the stim unit for a little bit. Uh, I got to eat more. I had some Chinese food last night, so I saved a little lo mein and get some little carb loaded in me. Um, probably have another Gatorade. Uh, I get the Gatorade powder. So uh, throughout the day, I'll fill up a glass of water. I'll just pound glasses of water throughout the day. But now I got my Gatorade powder. I'll just throw a scoop of that Gatorade powder in there. Pound down a glass of water. Just stay hydrated and whatnot. Going to be more important um, in the summer months. I'll be sweating a shit ton. Matt says, come back down to Texas. I'm sure I'll be back down to Texas at some time, my friend. I really, really like Texas a lot. So I will probably be down there sooner than later. Uh, plus, I, I just definitely some athletes out there who I'd like to bench with as well. Um, obviously, Tiny Meeker being one. I'd love to see his gym. I'd love to try to get a bench session in with him. Um, the Bench Daddy crew there, I'd love to go bench with them. Uh, I'm considering coming out there for November, potentially. You know, there's a, a meet going on. Um, Barry, uh, he runs Metal Militia down there in Texas. He is uh, putting on a meet, and, um, you know, he's, he's willing to have me come and uh, comp me a meet. So I come down there and, and um, compete with everyone. So I'm considering doing that. That's out in San Antonio. Um haven't been there yet. Haven't been to San Antonio region, but uh, that's something I'm still considering for November. Uh, I don't want to look too far ahead, but that was a possibility there. We have one more, and then we'll get a, a buzzer beater. Darius, can neutral grip on floor press increase bench press? Um, yeah, I mean, it depends if you have to develop your triceps a little more. Or neutral grip variation is gonna. Um, be a little bit more tricep specific there. Uh, that's definitely an accessory that I, I'd have in some programs. Uh, or should we do bench, uh, like grip on bench or pronated grip? Um, so, I mean, you could do either or. It's going to be more specific if you do the pronated grip. But I wouldn't be afraid to switch it up time to time. I mean, you can't really go wrong. Uh, it, it really depends. If you want to hit the triceps a little bit harder, then I would go with the neutral grip. That's more of a weak point for you. And uh, naive should should I concentrate on my weak points during this time? Uh, hey, absolutely, um, 100%. That's what's going to get you ready to go once you're under the barbell again. Uh, so definitely know what your weak points are. That's the first, that's the, the, the big, biggest struggle, right? Training is really about developing and finding our, knowing what our weak points are. And not developing weak points, but knowing what they are and, and finding that. Uh, Jerry Cool says, how do you train in the off-season? How often you get in a shirt? How many weeks do you start your prep? 
Um, so, for example, since December, I hadn't been in a shirt until two, three weeks ago. So, was that, like a three-month period of time? Um, that's not always typical, though. I just had a little bit of a longer off-season period there. So, I was just raw work from there. Um, but I'd say usually about four, eight weeks would be more typical. Uh, being out of a shirt, I guess, after a meet. And it really depends. It was it was a full power meet I did last, and uh, I just wanted a little bit more of a break. So um, it, it was just a little bit of a longer period because of that. But uh, focusing on a meet now for July, just started getting in the shirt, uh, the shirt a few weeks ago. So uh, what's that? We got another two, three months. So, you know, that 12, 16-week period. And I'm in the shirt actually a little bit more. Uh, I'm doing some things a little bit differently than I typically have in the past. Uh, Jamie Mata from Fairhaven Powerlifting uh, as the gym up in Vermont. He's coaching me right now, getting my programming done. So I'm just following what he puts out there. And um, it's been a lot more volume, which I think is great for me right now, getting more of that volume in the shirt, um, learning a lot of what I need to work on. And... Uh, and I, I see that pattern continuing up to the meet. Probably when it gets closer to me, we're working heavier weight. I might need to um, have them back down on some of the frequency because I usually need to recover a bit more. But um, yeah, that's that's what we're looking at right now. I'd say about twelve weeks. I usually would be in the shirt every other, um, sorry, every two weeks, and then a break. I'd say is a good frequency. All right, what's this is. Final one, guys. Final one, because I got to get running here. Uh, RobNonstop.com. Do you have an efficient competition bench style versus a strength muscle building bench style, or do you always bench competition style? So I know exactly what you mean, my friend. And uh, definitely, after me, I back off completely, do a lot of feet up raw work. Because, especially for me, I benefit a ton from that because my comp style is the big arch. Get a ton out of my lower body in terms of maintaining position. Very, very short uh, bench stroke. So, um, you know, it's it's very tough to uh, continually push that for, for hypertrophy and, and whatnot and, and holding those positions and everything. So I, I dial it way back to feet up benching or I'll do the comp benching with a, a buffalo bar or something to give me a longer range of motion. Uh, but I'll definitely dial it back and build that up for some time. And then start going to what I'm going to do in the meet. 518 Sasquatch had to retire your black wraps. Oh, no. Uh, that's our multi-purpose wraps. I hope they served you well, my friend. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, multi-purpose wraps. Uh, they're great, especially if you're going to be doing a bunch of exercises in them. And we also have the stiff wraps that are 36 inches. And those uh, are going to offer some real big bench and support. Um, so if you were looking to upgrade to that next bit, then um, I would check those wraps out. Because that, that's what I wear. Uh, very, very stiff wrap. I love them. So, guys, I got about a minute, says, on Instagram here. So I'm going to shut this down. I appreciate everyone tuning in. Again, if you want to uh, get in with our, our team, all right, you want to participate in all the things we got going on now, we got a home workout contest. Um, we're doing the arms challenge, bunch of bonus content, um, you know, just a ton of stuff going on with our VIP membership group. 
Like I always say, check that out. Go to BigBenches.com. The VIP membership tab's right there. You can sign up. We'd love to have you as part of the team. It is less than $10 a month. It is only $9.99. And, uh, you know, going to be a ton of awesome content on there, including free program templates. So really hope you guys will join us there. We're having a ton of fun with the home workout challenge right now. So uh, that's that's all I got for you guys. Stay safe, my friend. Uh, everyone stay healthy. And thank you for joining in Bench Talk.